0: Good morning, Agape Methodist Church. welcome once again to our daily devotion broadcast. For the next three days we will be talking about the Beatitudes. To me I love the Beatitudes because they express more than anything else in the Bible the heart of God. Today we will start with first three conditions, in the Beatitudes. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meat, for they will inherit the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. These first three conditions perhaps more than anything else display the amazing love grace and mercy of God because these three conditions describe to us helplessness a person who is helpless a person who is almost pathetic in his helplessness poverty in spirit Poverty in spirit is the realization that you can do nothing, that you are helpless, almost hopeless. Those who grieve and mourn, one of the hardest things to work with, people who to work with, are those who grieve, who have lost something precious to them. And the meek, who would ever imagine that the meek would inherit the earth? The meek are those who are gentle, but often to be trodden over, bullied, taken advantage of. And so people with these three conditions, the poor in spirit, the ones who mourn, the ones who are meek, they are helpless in a world that is ambitious, that is vicious, a dog-eat-dog world. What this passage says then that, blessed, there is good news, there is good news for this group of people, these groups of people. In the helplessness, you are blessed because God is with you. So let's look at each of these conditions. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is something that is most precious. Jesus describes it as a pearl of great price, a treasure that a man would sell everything just to get. It's like the most prized possession And the kingdom of heaven or the rule of God is given to those who are the least in that in on earth the ones who are poor in spirit. Poor in spirit poverty of spirit is the condition where we realize at the end of it all that we are helpless to do anything. As Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. And yet in our very ambitious world, we find that this doesn't seem to ring true. Shouldn't it be that the ones who are most blessed are the go-getters, the ambitious, the ones who believe in themselves? Why would the ones who are most helpless be the ones who are blessed? When Jesus said this, he wanted his listeners to know that at the end of it all, none of us can do very much, that we need to depend on him. And this good news that the ones who are helpless, God is watching. When God watches, he will do his work. What do these people have in common? A teacher who, despite all his accomplishments, realize that there is very little he can do to change his students' minds to help his students in their condition. A doctor who, trying his best, discovers that many of her patients are just dying despite her best efforts. A parent who, trying her best, discovers that her children are going getting out of control. A CEO of a company who at the peak of his career looks back and discovers that he has forfeited his, the love of his children, the love of his wife, and he wonders if there is any meaning to his life. Each of these have one thing in common, a realisation that there is so much that they cannot do, That. Life is unpredictable. Life is beyond their control. This is a good start. The realization that we are not in control of our lives, of our circumstances, or the lives of others. As a pastor, I spend a lot, a lot of my time on my knees. And it's not because I'm spiritual. I hate these titles, like these descriptions of a spiritual pastor or whatever. It's simply that I'm desperate. And I'm desperate because at meetings, I realise that when I speak, often when I speak my convictions, other voices come on top, disagreement, I cannot get my point through, and that there is little I can do to influence my colleagues, my co-workers. I realise that at a counselling room where couple who hate each other so much come in and pour out their grievances to me, I don't know how even to begin. I feel helpless when I stand on the pulpit and despite whatever intelligence I have, whatever wit, whatever eloquence I have, nothing reaches the congregation. And I realize then how helpless I am, how, how helpless each of us is. And the good news is that this is actually a good thing because when we realize our helplessness, then we turn to God. And then we say to God, God have it your way and then we say to God, God you rule, you help me each day to love my child, to love my child despite the way he goes, he lives, the way it seems like he's out of control, help me to love him. We turn to God when we realize that as a teacher, Only God can change the hearts of students. Only God can change the conditions. Only God can inspire our students. We turn to God. We say, God, help me as a student when I cannot get to the the results that will bring me to the school that I want and I despair of my future. But God, you hold my life and you hold my future in your hands help me, walk with me. In each of these cases as we turn to God, we realise that God comes to us and He works mightily in us and through us. But there is one caveat. When we say that we are poor in spirit when we can no longer boast, then we can no longer boast of our achievements, nor can we be jealous of another person's achievements. If we realise that on our own we can do nothing, that all all the good that happens comes from God who rules in our hearts, then we lose our right to feel jealous that another person is blessed. We lose our right also to boast that any of this is ours because we realise how helpless we are But that's the good news. God is with those who are helpless. The second condition are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Grief is a very real thing. Grief comes from a loss of something important. It could be as small a thing as being cheated of money. It could be larger, like losing something precious, or losing a pet that we love, or even something that is devastating, like losing a loved one, a child, a spouse, a parent. In these cases, it's hard to console. It is one of those hardest things for me as a pastor, because nothing is as difficult as comforting someone who grieves. In fact, these days, there is a lot more attention given to grief counselling because society now realises how important it is to help a person get out of grief but how difficult it is also to help such a person. I've journeyed with widows who just cannot just pour out their grief and cannot get over the loss of their loved one, the husband. I know of a widow, a close friend of mine whose husband passed away five years ago and she still goes home to talk to him. And these stories of grief are heartbreaking, and yet I see glimmers of hope also. I've seen widows who are confronted by God with His love and given a new lease of life. A very close friend of mine was was widowed recently. Husband died within a week of an illness. She was devastated. But in her deep grief, she cried out to God and said to God, God, what can I do? What do I do with my life now? And then an inspiration came from God to her. God, the Holy Spirit, told her to call up other widows and share with them their grief and her grief. And as she called, she found comfort. As widows, some of the widows, some of the women had been widowed for 10 years or more, and they still had deep grief. But as they poured out their grief to each other, they found comfort from God, from each other's stories. What soon happened was that she started a movement unconsciously, because these women, women who were ministered to began to call other widows in the church. And share with them and listen to them and they too found comfort that wasn't too long ago but I've heard feedback from those who work with the seniors that many have been so ministered by what was started by a widow in her grief what is good news is that those who grieve are not unknown to God not forgotten by God God looks upon them and God cares. And so if you are grieving, whether it's your results, your O-level results, whether it is a loss of a pet, whether it's a loss of a loved one, a husband, a wife, a parent, a child, know this, that God sees you, God looks upon you lovingly and God says there is good news for you you will be comforted. The third condition are the meek. The meek are those who are gentle and humble. They are the ones who don't want a fight. They don't want to impose their rights, their power against another. And because of their refusal to impose on others, people take advantage of them. The meek are not necessarily weak. Some have the power, some have the rights. It's just that they do not want to push their way around or to hurt another person unnecessarily. But that puts them in a vulnerable position. Especially when we ask the question, how can the meek ever reach the top? How can they be successful? Well, I'd like to share a story of my mentor, the late Reverend Henry Ku. Henry Ku was Chaplain of the prison for more than thirty years, and one would have expected. And then he led me through the many years of ministering in prison. He guided me. He taught me a lot. But one would have expected that someone who works in prison with hardened criminals would be tough, would be strong, would even be pushy. But nothing was like Rev. Cool. Reverend Kuh always was gentle with the hardest of pr- criminals. There was one incident when he went to talk to a prisoner who was really very derisive of Christianity. And in those days, they could smoke. And so, as Reverend Kuh approached this prisoner, the prisoner blew smoke in his face and said, Hey, Reverend, can a smoker like me go to heaven? Reverend Ku chuckled and looked at him and then he said, Well, of course you can go to heaven just earlier than anyone else. Such was Henry Ku's good humour and humility. He was winsome. But one incident really left its mark on me. One day, Reverend Ku took a group of us friends to a hawker centre and he wanted to introduce his favourite dish to us. And so he told us you guys sit down i'll go and buy the dish we waited a long long time almost an eternity i think it was probably half an hour and reverend Ku didn't come back and i started getting very worried so i went around the hawker center looking for him finally this was long ago where there weren't many there wasn't such a thing as queuing up and all that finally i saw reverend Ku in a crowd crowding around a hawker. And he was being pushed around by the other customers. Everyone was jostling their way to the front to get their order. And each time Reverend Ku got nearer the front, someone else would cut in and push him out. I went to him and tapped him on the shoulder and said, what's happening? And Reverend Ku just grinned at me and said, you see, such good business. He's really doing, the hawker's really doing well. I gave him that very withering look like, what a loser you are. In my mind, I was thinking, how can this man even survive? He's such a loser. Half an hour and he stood at the back of the queue. And I told him, Reverend, go and sit down. Within minutes, I jostled my way to the front, grabbed the plate of food and walked back to the table victoriously. And yet, it caused me to think a whole lot after that. For a man so gentle, a man so meek, for a man who would seem like a loser, He had touched the lives of thousands of prisoners. He touched the lives of many of the prison officers. He had become, in his years in ministry, an icon, very revered person in prison. People loved him. And the many lives that he changed, it's hard to compare with any other. I think about that, a man so meek so vulnerable, and yet an influence so great. Indeed, what Jesus says is true. Blessed are the meek, blessed are those who will not impose on others, because it is God who then will win and give them kingdoms of the earth. These three conditions of vulnerability of weakness They are indeed the display of God's love, God's gentleness, God's power. It is God who will work mightily in us. One of the things then that I'm learning day by day is to rest in Him, to not fight my own way, but to realise how good our God is. I want to sing a song, an old song. It's called Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart.
1: Give thanks because it's given Jesus Christ his son and now let the weak say I am strong let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich, because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks, give thanks with a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One, give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, is Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because it's given Jesus Christ, is Son. And now let the weak say I am strong.
0: Let us pray. Father, we have relied so much on our own strength. We have thought the world of ourselves. and We have thought that might is right, that we can get anything we want by our strength, by our force, by pushing our weight around. But Father, you teach us just the opposite. That You are God who watches over the helpless. You are God whose heart goes out to the orphan, and the widow, and the poor, and the disenfranchised. You are God whose eyes are on the weakest, on the least, on the most helpless, on the most vulnerable. Help us to know this truth, Lord. It is not our might our aggression that wins the fight is our surrendering to you and resting in you. Help us to see and come to our senses. To know, Lord, that we are indeed not in control of our circumstances. That we may echo with Paul who says, when I am weak, then I am strong. I will all the more boast of my weakness. Because, Lord, when we look at the uncertainties of life, Our victories, our strength, our prowess is just an illusion. Help us to see this truth, to see how much we need you, whether as students, as workers, as bosses, in whatever profession we have, to realize this one truth that without apart from you, we are nothing. So, God, bless us today, teach us how to pray to You, remind us to pray to You as we go about our duties. Take away this sense that we are high achievers, self-made people. Help us, Lord, to turn to You instead realize that it is You who blesses us. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. I hope that you have a wonderful day today, but remember in all things, in all your decisions, in all your actions, in all your circumstances, pause a little bit, pray and say, God, help me. And pray also, remember to pray, help me to love these persons as we meet them, your bosses, your friends, your enemies, your family members. So meet each of them, say a prayer, Lord help me to love them. Have a good day and be blessed.